0: Welcome once again to the Irish NFL Podcast, brought to you in sponsorship with Titan Roofing, Ireland's number one roofing company. I'm Mark O'Carroll and as always, I'm joined by my cohorts in crime, Brian O'Leary and Gordon Bridgefield. Gents, good evening to you both.
1: Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Mark.
0: Well, we've got, you know, NFL fans of all shapes and sizes. I've got one that's only about one year old running around at the moment, uh, and you might hear as we go through this pod tonight, but... Um, Gents, As King Henry once said in Henry V by Shakespeare, once more into the breach, dear friends, once more. And we started off with week one and we're definitely back into the breach. And let's run through the week one games and give everyone a flavour of what happened and our thoughts on them. And best place to usually start is the beginning. The NFL season opened up last Thursday. Texans at the Chiefs. And to be fair, guys, from my perspective, it was a pretty rudimentary win for the Chiefs, walking away with it 34-20. And, you know, it's not often you look at an NFL team and an NFL quarterback, particularly one as talented as Sean Watson, and say, well, why can't he make throws and exploit backup cornerbacks in the Kansas City Chiefs? It's almost like they don't have a number one receiver. I wonder what they do with one of those if they had them.
2: It was a fairly comfortable win, all right, for the Chiefs. Um, not what I expected. I did think the Texans' offence would have, would have hit the ground running. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were a they were pretty outclass for, uh, for m- most of the game. They started off very well. I was quite impressed with David Johnson, who obviously traded from the Cardinal tie. To Despite to defeat, he just has come back to look like his old self. And I know it's early days, but if he is the player that we remember, he w- will be an asset. But, yeah, started off well, but then... Chiefs gradually got going, and it was a very comfortable win. It was thirty-four, seven ten thirty-one-seven. Ten minutes to go in the game, so even the score at the end, albeit two touchdowns, it's still flared. Texans have it reasonably close.
1: Yeah, sorry, Deshaun who? Um, just again, I'm going to stay on this train since I since I put my uh, my mast up on Deshaun Watson at the start of the season. Is in look, I it went no other way. I think we expected the Chiefs to run out winners in this one. I was always high on them. Um, and again, a little bit of a slow start for them but they kind of, they've kind done what the Chiefs are going to do and I think wins like this are very important to them and yeah, it was just great to have football back to you and it was quite a great game to kick off the, the opening weekend, just the high scoring game so yeah, great great opening weekend but I wasn't that surprised, uh, I was high in the Chiefs from the very beginning like we all
2: were I, I was surprised at the ease in which they won you know, bearing in mind week one you thought Texas would have been well up for it look, the, the tough, there'll be more difficult games to come in particular in two weeks when they play away to the Ravens but to take care of a team who's who would be expected to make the playoffs this year, it was uh, it's kind of shows what's ahead for a lot of teams this season when they come up against the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, and look, going from the Chiefs, obviously the Super Bowl winners last year and walking away with a comfortable win, you know, we generally thought maybe not comfortably, but the Forty Nine ers who lost in the Super Bowl last year would have a good start against playing at home against the Arizona Cardinals, but you know. First of all, Brian, a bit of commiserations on this. I know you put some money behind the 49ers to say, but I think it's fair to say in the shock of week one, the Cardinals actually won this game 24-20. And whilst I was high on the Cardinals putting it together and putting it up to them and having a good season overall, I certainly didn't foresee they were going to come out the gate in kind of almost like a David slaying Goliath um, upset. And I mentioned about the Texans, what would they do with a number one receiver? We know what they do. They trade him away to the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins not only showed up, but on 15 targets, he had 14 catches for 151 yards. And the next closest was Larry Fitz with only about 34 yards. So it's very clear that him and Kyler Murray have a, a pretty good connection already. And, you know, guys, I mean, you know, are, are the birds back to stay?
2: Well, I'm looking from the 49ers' point of view, I felt, look, can't get away from the win for the cards. It's a really positive start for them. But I felt that the 49ers kind of left them hanging around for quite a long time in the game. They had their opportunities very early in the game. In they were well up. I think they were up by maybe 10 points. And they went for a fourth down in the Renzo when I felt they could you know, just tag on the extra three and keep it moving. And I thought Shanahan's play calling at the time was quite poor. Um, and I didn't think the quarterback really played very well either. You know, he had two... Two drives where they, they drove down the field and didn't come away with any points. And, again, they had to drive at the end. But don't take away from the cards. These guys were high on them. And, um, yeah, let's see how they go because they've a favorable run in for the next three or four weeks. So they may be four, four, four and one, five and all. Who knows? They've got uh, the Redskins – sorry, Washington this weekend. So you'd expect them to win, winning. But uh, a little bit concerning for the 49ers.
1: Yeah, this is the one, Mark, again, I, I don't know why we didn't just back ourselves. We like, Again, we were high on the cards all all off season. We kept talking them up, and then last week, we talked ourselves out of backing uh, the Cardinals, and we went with uh, our heads instead of our hearts. and God, like, to be honest, on this one, watching the game, the Cardinals did everything we said that they were going to do. The receiving core was there. You know, Kyler Murray is a great young up-and-coming quarterback. But I think on the 49ers, the most concerning piece on them is just the receiving the receiving options at the moment for Jim Garoppolo. just when you've got Mostert as your highest receiver, fifty-six yards, or uh, sorry, at, 90, at ninety-five yards, and then George Kittle only posted forty-four after his massive contract. It's like that's where they're lacking. Is in if your receiving targets aren't operating on a game like that against the Cardinals, who we knew were going to put up points, it was always going to be a struggle. But yeah, we should have just backed uh, our first uh, option in the Cardinals last week.
0: I did say the 49ers wouldn't cover, but you're absolutely right. We didn't go from necessarily, cut, you know, winning outright per se. Um, but look, you know, Brian makes a good point. The 49ers were up 10 and it looked like everything was smooth sailing and then it went pear-shaped. But we'll, we'll come a lot across the side later on in today's pod that uh, had an even worse collapse, shall we say, from that situation.
2: Just one more point on that game. sorry, uh, Merrick. Uh, everything was smooth sailing until Kittle got injured. So those stats, yeah, got to Fair enough, but um, it's a bit a start because he was taken out of game for quite a bit of time, and he's, he's unlikely to play this weekend.
0: And let's be fair, George Kittle is the Forty ers number one receiver to be to be frank in relation to it. So that is going to have a big impact on their game, and obviously he's quite dynamic in their run game as well, real all-round tight end. But
2: um, that's uh, I think that's the San Francisco Forty Nineers. Uh, that's that's, the, that's here the
0: here in America. Yeah. So clearly she's decided to be a 49ers fan and is very disappointed in how the season started. But one person who isn't disappointed in how the season started would be me, because as Marcel Proust once said, le plus c'est change qui, le même chose. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The New England Patriots were playing the Miami Dolphins and, oh, what's that they did to open the season? Oh, they won again. Um, 21-11 in a game that probably wasn't really that close, Um, And for me, the most interesting factor about this whole game was a lot of the offseason, there was a lot of talk about, hey, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, these great coaches, what are they going to do with a talent like Cam Newton? And strangely enough, they looked at Cam Newton and saw one of the best exponents of using the zone read, inverted via concepts, and said, well, let's use him in that context. Let's use him to create mismatches, particularly in the rush games. He had two rush touchdowns. Should have had a passing touchdown, except Nikhil Harry fumbled it through the end zone. And all in all, quite a comfortable win, which I haven't been used to saying sometimes and being a Pats fan and chewing my nails at times. So great start to the season. We'll see how the rest of it goes on.
1: I thought this was a a really interesting game to watch. I think everyone was excited for Cam Newton. I think it started with a bang with him. I think one of the biggest things like when was the last time the Patriots had a quarterback was the leading rusher in a game as well. Like it's it's been a long long time. It's never happened. They've never had this style of a QB. Steve Grogan in 1977, but that, I knew you would know that stat. I knew you would know that stat. So, but this is it, isn't it? And I think this was the kind of rumor mill of why the Pats were willing to let go of Tom Brady. They felt that if they could get a quarterback, and Cam Newton was not the one they wanted, but if they could get a quarterback of his style, they had the offense that they could mold around it. And it was just really interesting to see it happening. I think one of the one of the points I noticed about Cam Newton is his ability to hold the defense when it came to either uh, optioning it off for a rush or going for the pass. His just ability to hold that ball in the, rushing back, in the running back's arms and then pull it out last second was just phenomenal. It was, just, it was really interesting to see. I think that uh, that drop for that touchdown was just a signal. The, the wide receiver just got a bit cocky on that one. But uh, Cam Newton, like again, I know it was against the, the Miami Dolphins and obviously we said that they could have done it again, but they are a team that's in development. But even still, it was a great performance by the Pats.
2: I don't really have much else to say. And yeah, I it was a, a comfortable win and I was actually happy to see Cam Newton come back and play well because um, he's one of the quarterbacks I do, do like and uh, he's had a difficult year and he's got the potential and I touched on that a while back in a couple of podcasts that uh, Josh McDaniel will start to explore different options because whether you agree or not, Mark, the, the, uh, the play calling was quite limited for a period of time over the past year and a half with Brady. So it opens up a lot of avenues for them now.
0: Oh, no, I, I do agree, Brian. And actually, that was the most interesting thing to see, that they not only had the Newton kind of, as I said, the inverted veer, the zone read concepts, but also still the play-action stick concept that Brady would have thrown hundreds of times. I'm still very keen to use that when Newton opened up those options. So, look, a comfortable start for him and a comfortable experience for New England being 1-0. and But I don't think anyone had quite as comfortable a ride this weekend, as uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Jackson played a great game, um, but a 38-6 win over the sorry, worrisome never-do-wells of the Cleveland Browns, Gordo's favourite second team, um, is certainly not the way they wanted to start the season, but definitely the way the Baltimore Ravens are going, like steam trains start the season yet again.
2: Brian, your thoughts? Carl, that was when we had our conversations around picking games. I called it as a blowout. And it pretty much played out as I expected Um, And to be honest, it wasn't the case of the Browns being a poor side. I think, as I said, I think the Browns have actually done well in the offseason. I just felt that the Ravens, having finished the season the way they did against the Titans, they would be coming out all guns blazing. And it's pretty much what we expected. I have to say, I was very impressed with Lamar Jackson. He will say, well, it's Lamar Jackson, but his, his passing ability... You know, the, the tight spirals and the difficult areas for some of the touchdowns in particular, the one to Snead, like, were really impressive. And they were the kind of throws that actually They were kind of going over the receivers and just wasn't getting them into tight tight uh, certain parts of the, of the field. So there's not a lot more to say on their game. They won well. They've got a tough one against the Texans this week.
1: I think I'm done. I think I'm done on the Browns. You've heard it here. I am done on the Browns. It was just... It was just absolutely awful as in I'm just Odell Beckham, I don't understand what he's doing for them at the moment. Like as in it just doesn't make any sense. Like he just doesn't get he gets targeted, ten targets, only got three. They bring in Austin Hooper as well, who just did nothing for them. Um and then in, Indoku was the main target for them on the tight end side. I just don't know what they're doing to be honest. It just I knew it was gonna be you know, I didn't think it was gonna be this much of a blowout, but it was just still a really disappoint, disappointing game.
0: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. But look, credit to the Ravens for such a great start to the season. And look, let's keep on the quarterback theme. You know, we go from last year's MVP, who started off really well this season. And, and Brian, yeah, I mean, the uh, his even his wide receivers were saying during training camp, they had to be more precise in their routes because he was dropping it in a bucket more precisely. So that's a great sign for his ongoing development, still a very young quarterback. But while he was the MVP last year, I don't think he was quite the most exciting quarterback in the, in the NFL last year. Surely the most exciting quarterback and and his moustache was Mr. Minshew. And we've started off the 20 season, 2020 season with Minshew Mania 2.0 with the Jaguars. I'm a fair surprise, let's be honest. Beating out the Colts 27-20. Minshew didn't do much. He went 19-20, for 20, so he was consistent for only about 173 yards. But yet again, we're looking at a game where Matt, Matt, Philip Rivers um, stops any comeback hopes with a fourth quarter interception. And I think we were all on the Colts for this one. We didn't really expect much from the Jags thinking they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. But hey, they came out with an interesting surprise to start the season.
2: It it was the game in which Red Zone started on on Sunday evening. It was the first game in which they they started it. And uh, literally Rivers came out and literally drove them down the field with a a very, very easy touchdown. I think everybody by and large, watching it would uh, have thought, okay, what we expected, it's inevitable they're going to win comfortably. But yeah, if you've got to give it to them, they, um, they may have lost a lot of players in terms of trading away, but the players that are there seem very committed to uh, turning things around for the Jags and proving people wrong. And, and the quarterback is probably thinking, you know, what, all this tanking for Lawrence conversations needs to stop. Because I think if he was a fourth or a second round pick last year, or even a third round pick, that conversation wouldn't be happening. But because he was picked in the sixth round, his expectations are still not there for him. But he keeps proving people wrong. And, uh, yeah, the moustache thing is quite funny. But uh, I think he should have copied uh, Rogers with that moustache, you know.
0: Um, I must admit, one of our listeners during the week reached out, uh, who is a Jags fan, and said, hey, with the Texans losing, the Jags winning, and the Titans not looking that impressive, Jags being the Colts, of course, you know, what about the Jags' chances for the division? Like I said, look, it's week one. There's contenders and pretenders and there's one-offs. Like, let's call it call it for a little while anyway. Um, but talking about someone who hasn't called it, and really, I suppose, one of the games of the weekend in terms of points and excitement, this was certainly a game, if you had the over, you were dancing on the ceiling, uh, like Mr Lionel Richie. Um, the Packers versus the Vikings, the Packers walking away with his only 43-34 in a game that did never really felt that close um, after a good start by the Vikings, the Packers really took control. And last week, guys, I kind of feel bad looking back on this. Now listen back to the pod because we were like very strong on the Vikings, very strong on their strength in their defense, their opportunities this season. I think we pretty much all have them winning the or win, predicting them winning the division and kind of dwelling a lot on the off-season angst in Green Bay. And it's almost like Aaron Rodgers, not just from us, of course, though he listens regularly to the Irish NFL podcast, I believe, um, but from the media in general, has kind of said, do you know what, guys, I'm Aaron frigging Rodgers, and I'm just going to wipe the floor with you. And he showed up along with his uh, running team and uh, running backs and uh, walked over the Vikings last week.
1: I call this one i i, I said it, I said it early last week. I said there's just something about Aaron Rodgers and the whole off season, everything that's gone around. Uh, I picked this game, uh, both of you went with the Vikings, if I remember correctly from the picks we went with and I just said just, there's something about Rodgers. when you put him in a situation like this he's going to come on he's just going to blow up, and he did that as in like three hundred and sixty four yards, four touchdowns, he was just on fire um and i I think there's major concern and like I know we spoke highly of the Vikings but They just didn't really turn up. So There's something about the Vikings that just was lacking, but I also do think no team would have beaten Aaron Rodgers at the weekend, just the way that he was on fire.
2: I could say for the Packers, it was always around, it wasn't around whether Rodgers would play well, because that's kind of a given. It was more whether the guys who had been under the radar in terms of the wide receivers would step up. And Rodgers, in fairness, has been calling out the fact that they've been really good in camp and, it feels like us, and even in the media, were saying, no, he's going to struggle. With if, if Adams is double-teamed, there's no one else to go to. But these guys obviously are on the same page with him, and they were, it really was a fantastic performance. And it kind of surprised me, in a sense, because there was so much conversation around the run game and they're trying to move to a more run-oriented offence that he was out there flinging the ball around all day. It was, it was very exciting to see, and it's good to see him back playing like that. It's almost
0: like he gave it two drives and then said, stuff this, just leave it with me and I'll take care of it from here. Look, um, Brian, you and me were a bit surprised, obviously, in the terms of the, the that game didn't go as we anticipated. But, look, many games did, like the Jets versus the Bills. Bills won this 27-17. Again, not a game that ever felt close as as close as 10 points. I mean, when I say some games went to plan, others did. And I almost want to channel... You know, Dennis Green, the old cards coach, when he was going, they are who we thought we were. Like, both teams, they are who we thought we were. Bills, contender, Jets, not even close to even being a pretender.
2: I think you on it, Mark. The, the score doesn't reflect the, the, the dominance in which uh, the Bills had. I mean, they were 21 points up very early in the game. Josh Allen fumbled twice in the red zone. Um, I think that's, another, that's still a concern. He's a bit erratic when he goes on the run, that he's not protecting the ball. But uh, the game could have been... You know, it's such a blow in comparison to how the, how the game played out. And I think the Bills probably, to a certain extent, took the foot off the gas in the second half. There, folks, focusing on Miami this week, which will, will look as a divisional game and it'll be tough. But um, the Jets are in a bad place right now. Um, and Bell is gone as of this evening. He's gone on IR, so he's gone for a month. And uh, I'm just not sure where they're, where, they're, where they're going to get the wins from.
1: I feel bad. I feel really bad for the Jets and Sam Darnold. There's something about it. I kind of sit there kind of going like, if he was actually put into a correct system, like, because he was very high. There was a lot of teams that wanted him when he was coming out of the draft. And I just feel like he's regressing game on game. And it's due to the system he's in and Gase and the the crazy house that's there in the New York Jets. On the Bills, I think Josh Allen, the biggest thing about him is, will he survive the season? Because, like, he played phenomenally well. But to Brian's point, like, I'm really worried. Every time he runs, like, he puts his head where he shouldn't. And there's a few of those fumbles... That if he was a smart like, you know, a bit more mature or whatever in the league, he would have gone down earlier. He does, he looks for those extra yards. I think that's probably my main concern. because I think he's a great player. We're all high in the bills. But my concern is just he he goes in places he probably shouldn't all the time.
2: Do you know he do you know he reminds me of? A young big Ben. Yeah. The
1: way in I agree which he plays. With you, I think
2: uh, just
0: but, off the
2: thoughts. Yeah. No, I just mean in terms of he's always looking for that extra yard, you know, he won't give up on the play. And he's just He'll show his head in where he shouldn't, just again the extra year where most coaches would be saying, You've picked up the force down in the red zone. Just get down on your hunkers and we move on to the next to the next play. Yeah, just at uh, one point on the on the Sam, obviously being a Giants fan, like the, c- the comparison between Sam and Jones at the moment is in New York is it's everyday conversations and I certainly think the Jets are in a, a very vulnerable place right now that if if he doesn't, if he doesn't step up this year, being a soldier, it could be time to move on. Very early days, as I know, but it is being discussed.
0: Yeah, and there's only one bit of that whole conversation I didn't understand. Gordo said some line about feeling bad for the Jets. I just, I just can't process those, those actual. Sorry, words.
1: I'm, I, I meant Darn- I meant Sam Darnold. I, f- oh, I right. feel bad for Sam Darnold, not not so much the Jets.
0: So, um, look, you know, the Jets started how we expected them to start. and That game went very much to prediction. There were other games that didn't necessarily go to production. We mentioned about the 49ers throwing around a 10-point lead um, to uh, to start their season off with, with a loss. But I don't think anybody had quite a bad a weekend as Philadelphia Eagle fans. I'm going to give you the scene, ladies and gents. 17-0 up, only a minute 38 to go in the half. So you're walking this against the Washington football team. And Carson Wentz throws his first interception of the day. And after that, you might as well have given up. Twenty-seven unanswered points. The Washington football team winning twenty-seven seventeen. In what must be said
2: is a bit of a shock, but certainly in the way it went down, it was
0: more of a shock.
2: Um, last week on the podcast, I said the one thing that they've got going in their favour is they've got a really good head coach, and they've also brought in a really good defensive coach in Jack Del Rio, and he's got they put the right people there to manage that team and. Uh, the, the Eagles we touched on last week agree with me. Their their flight risk and Carson Wentz I'm not sure he's the player that people perceive him to be and he looks vulnerable on Sunday even at 17, 17 and up he still didn't look assured and he touched on he threw an interception in the first half which changed the game because they went in with a touchdown on the back of it and then he threw another the in the second half but they completely imploded and their offensive line has fallen apart between players not performing and a number of injuries that um it's concerning to see a team of 17 and up against a team that everybody believes to be very poor and given the game way. It's so easy as well.
1: I think the, the receiving stats for the for the Philadelphia Eagles are shocking to look at. As in, And again, it paints that picture that Brian has mentioned before about Wentz and, you know, is he the player that, again, he had one really good year, did we all get too high on him? Um, or has the injuries affected him as badly as it looks like it have? Um, on the Washington um, Football Club, I think the biggest thing about them is Haskins... Again, didn't do anything spectacular. He, he pulled. He managed the game well for them. I just think it's phenomenal. I think it's to the point. There's a really good structure put in place now. The thing is, can they stick to that over the next few years? And like it was interesting. Like Ron Riviera at halftime had to get an IV drip um, to get him through the second half. So Haskins took over the halftime team talk. Like That's the sort of football culture now that's in the Washington Football Club this year which is definitely something I'm not used to. And the post-match speech that he gave, is just a really interesting one to see because it is it's something you're used to when you saw when he was with the Panthers. Um, and yeah, I think it's their first home win in a couple of years as well. So yeah, complete upset. None of us had this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does remind me a little bit with Frank Wright and Bruce Arians and that whole dynamic in the Colts a few years ago when uh, Wright got ill with cancer and Arians took over and, you know, drove them forward for a bit. So um Maybe we're going to see a similar dynamic in Washington with them running around the Sid coach, which we we briefly alluded to, but you know is a bit of a tenuous thing to hold on to for a whole season, shall we say? Um, you know, you guys know I like my random trivia and random facts. Well, one of some random things always stick in my mind. Actually, um, you all heard of Harry Houdini. You may not know that Harry Houdini actually died in Detroit. And I only bring this up because it sounds like Harry Dean came back to life and cast some magic last weekend because he actually made Mitchell Trubitsky look like a viable NFL quarterback. Fair play to the Bears on this. They came out with a win we weren't necessarily expecting, beating the very disappointing Detroit Lions 27-23. The Lions got their contributions. They got great yards from Peterson, a recent acquisition, 92 yards, on about 14 carries. But they always seem to find these new ways to lose games they should win. But you know, not to take it away from the Bears, though. Great win for them to start the season.
2: I've listened to a few podcasts um, and obviously discussing the weekend's games, and the same line has come up on a two or three podcasts, and I'm going to use it here as well. The Lions do do the Lions things. <laughs> they find ways to lose games. They're 23-6 up, and um, Red Zone wasn't going to the game that often because every thought the game was over. And then Matthew Stafford somewhat imploded with crazy throws over um, in the tight areas and giving away interceptions, and Trubisky kind of got an opportunity. And uh, Jimmy Graham, who a lot of people think is probably past at this stage, proved the game why he's a quality tight end in the league, and um, two really good touchdowns. But the one in the end, in fairness, the... to Trubisky. That throw at the end for the last touchdown in particular was a really, really good throw. But uh, just to go back to the point again with the Lions, even then the Lions didn't have a chance. They drove all the way down. And uh, the rookie running back, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, swift kick up the uh, you know what, I think is what he needs now because I think he was seeing the, the limelight and the papers the following morning because it was a perfect throw by Stafford. Nine seconds to go in the game and he drops the ball in the corner of the end zone.
0: I mean, I wanted to touch on that as well, because you're saying about Gordo was feeling bad for Sam Darnold. I mean, Matt Stafford, how many times has he seen it? I mean, he leaves things the last quarter too many times, but, you know, something just manages to go wrong. And that was a prime example. Absolutely perfect throw, beautifully on target, and just the most simplest of drops to throw away the game. And
2: I picked the Lions last week because I felt that their offence... I know we were kind of you know down in the first season, but we called out how many explosive weapons they have. And the tight end Hawkinson had a good game, and the running the new running back, the rookie played well, albeit he dropped the ball, and Peterson looks like he could be an asset to the team. They actually did so much, so many things right in the game and somehow found a way to show it it away.
0: Lions doing liney things. And look, let's um stay with disappointments, I would say, because um It's fair to say the two teams that disappointed last year and started off with a totally underwhelming and disappointing game this year were the Los Angeles Rams and the Dallas Cowboys. And despite my predictions that, well, getting rid of Jason Garrett might help, especially in close games, especially in not throwing away games late on, maybe it wasn't Jason Garrett's fault because the Cowboys did the same thing they did. And whatever about Lions being lions the Cowboys were cowboysy. Um, Brian, I mean, not the way they wanted to start the season.
2: No, there's two couple of things I took out of the game. Uh, first, first first, off, from the Rams point of view, just proves again that Sean McVay is just such a clever coach. That, albeit he might be limited in terms of what players he's got around him this year. He's got Malcolm Brown running in two touchdowns. So people would not see as a, a really good running back. And then, you know, he just played, he called a very good game and he kind of went in on... What people are saying are the Cowboys' weak parts on defence. They, they, they went after that and it worked. And then the Cowboys doing Cowboy things, When well, I'd say Mike McCarthy doing crazy things. 27, then, 11 minutes to go. They haven't moved the ball up and down the field all day. You know, they're very sporadic. And they get into the red zone. They don't do it. It's 4-3, haven't not moved the ball. You take the field goal and you take 20-yard. 20, 20 in most cases, you go to overtime. But no, he goes for it from 14, three. Not only that, he don't even he, he calls a play that doesn't even go beyond the four down marker, and C D Lamb is, is bottled up, madness, and and people are, are all over him already. The pressure's on him already. But like, I
0: mean, I I want to make this point just generally, and just walk through like how disappointing this was if you stayed up for this as the late game as a game as well. Because after that second Rams touchdown, I'm just going to read out to you what the drives look like. Okay, we had, and this is both teams combined. Punt, interception, field goal, punt, turnover on downs, punt, 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 turnover on downs, end of game. It was dire to watch. Well,
2: I didn't stay up for it, but I watched the entirety of the game on Monday morning, um, not knowing the score. If I hadn't known the score, I probably would have turned off a lot quicker. But um, look, it's Gordo called it. Gordo went for the Rams, and uh, maybe we were too, too uh, quick to jump on the Rams, but um, McVeigh again proves he's yeah. a really good coach.
1: Yeah, I, I, like, I'm not just going to say I was high on Mike McCarthy coming in as the head coach over the summer, but I, it just doesn't feel like he's done anything different. Now, again, maybe it's Corona, maybe it's the lack of a preseason, all of that kind of stuff, but it literally he was brought in to take back Prescott on another level, and that wasn't that wasn't evident at the weekend. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those ones. I think Jerry Jones has even sold the dummy, and we'll find out over the next few weeks. But, yeah, just not a great start to Mike McCarthy's career in in, in Dallas.
2: And sorry, just one more point, Mark. Sorry, um, Gordo called out last week when we discussed the Giants in particular that it's not Giants don't need to be fearful of the division, and it's, it's already starting to prove itself. You know, week one and the, both teams that are high on the expectations of the playoffs have already lost.
0: Yeah, well, that's why we said we don't expect a wild card team from that division as well. Very importantly, um, look, going from a disappointing game to the surprisingly entertaining game of the weekend, I would say the Raiders versus the Panthers. Raiders edged this one thirty four thirty 34-30. Just made the cover in relation to it. But, you know, Panthers showed up more than uh, I certainly expected. Raiders did perform. Great, entertaining game. Covered the over nicely. Sort of, from a betting perspective, very interesting. Gordo, your thoughts on this one?
1: Like, like I said, I said we weren't going to see much defense in this game, but we were going to see offense, and that's what we got. It was just a really en- uh, entertaining game. Um, McCaffrey... It feels like McCaffrey's going to have to carry uh, a lot of the, the the offense on his shoulders. And it was evident the weekend he was literally trying everything. Bridgewater was didn't really show the glimpses he showed, uh, showed with New Orleans last year. On the Raiders side, I think everyone kind of showed up. Jacobs had a great game. Henry Ruggs showed flashes of how fast he's going to be. Um, again, you had uh, Aguilar who's got a lovely touchdown as well in the corner. It was just a really entertaining game on offense. I I don't really know if you can take too much from it, but again, I said it was going to be high scoring. I said it would cover the overs. Yeah,
0: and look, another one where it was good from a Benning perspective, if nothing else, Chargers versus the Bengals. Chargers just nipped this 16-13, but we saw a lot more from the Bengals than we expected. But we definitely saw one thing that one of the pod expected, a Joe Burrow rushing TD. Brian O'Leary, over to you on this one.
2: Yeah, I called it. Last week, Mark, when we were doing the bets on, on the quarterback, and you were kind of, you know, hesitant not on my selections when you thought it was going down some mad road. But no, Burrow was actually quite active in the run game for LSU, and I felt, you know, he'd be an unknown on Sunday. Um, yeah, backed him for his touchdown, and I backed him to score any time. But getting back to the game, um, Burrow overall didn't really have a great game. People are saying, oh, he did well, and he drove them down at the end. But by and large... The game was very poor and I'd be concerned if I was a fan of the, the Bengals and the Chargers because neither team were able to move the ball all day long. And it was a case of who would score late and manage to hold on. And then even then you had the, the Bengals driving down
0: a touchdown, which... Yeah, neither team were great, but do you remember Peyton Manning first season as number one pick, three and 13, the record number of picks. You know, give, give Burrow time, give Joey a chance.
2: Well, look, just just sorry, we have to we have to one more point on the game. Um, I was probably a bit bad that I couldn't stop laughing when Randy Bullock missed the uh, the field goal. But not only did he miss it, you know, he nearly hit Ohio with the, You know, he nearly sent it down the road. But then he has the. Uh, what I do here? I will tell you what I'll do. I'll pretend I'm injured and I'll pull my hamstring and I'll I'll, I'll have a laugh. But interestingly enough, not one player went over to console him. You know,
0: it was like, I can't believe he's missed it. Well, like, it, Brian, if you want to talk about missed kicks, I have the ideal game for you. Um, the Titans versus the Broncos, which the Titans won 16-14 against the lock, in your mind. Um, 16-14 with a last-minute field goal by Stephen Gostowski, the longtime Patriots kicker. You think, oh, yeah, bring in the big free agent kicker for the clutch kick. And wouldn't have come down to that if he hadn't missed four missed kicks during the game, three um, field goal attempts and one uh, point after TD. I mean, Stephen Gostowski, welcome to the Cody Parkey club, because you're now only the second kicker, I think, in NFL history to have missed four kicks in the game and still won the game. Look, as of the rest of the game, it's all going on Derek Henry, 31 carries for 116 yards. Titans just about did enough. They made half-tough work of it, but they eked it out. Anything else you guys want to add?
1: No, I think this was one I, I i had a big double bet on uh the Titans and the Steelers, and I woke up a little bit early to watch the the end of the Titans game, and it was just yeah, you felt like it, the kicker kind of put them on the line, and yeah Derek Henry carried them for most of the game, but yeah, that's what shows like this game uh, the nFL is is cutthroat and i I don't know if he's been released yet or I think he was released pretty much after he's going to be going to be, but yeah, not no, a great no, way no. to start your week that's one nFL
2: I think no, you get I think you
0: give him a, five million paid to him, he's not being released anytime soon.
2: He'll
0: get a few he get a few more weeks the on the back of that. Sorry, but but, he, to but, but he took off his sock on his kicking foot and he said that made a difference.
1: But 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 to that point, Cody Taylor, I think, has just been signed as well. Um I think I don't know what team has just signed him. I saw the news there. I think somebody's picked him up to start this Thursday. I think it might be the Browns or someone like that.
2: He has been picked up. Yeah, I can't recall who it was. But, um, yeah. But you're right. It's a good job. in has been with kickers. But. but Look,
0: let's talk about a game, the other game on Monday night that you alluded to, Gordo, with your double bet. Um, we have a Giants fan. We have a Steelers fan. The Giants played the Steelers. And the Steelers won this 26-16. It was, you know, reasonably competitive. It was only a score in it for a long period of time. But, Brian, the one thing I wanted to put to you first is, you know, Can someone release Saquon? Because he was certainly in a cardboard box there. 15 carries, net of six, I think I want to say. 11 of his carries went for a loss or no gain. Like, that was a bottled-up performance, to say the least.
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. The uh, the Steelers' defence, they stacked the box for eight or nine at a time. And they said, okay, we're going to lose. We're going to lose because Daniel Jones, because um, Saquon just didn't have any... Opportunities all night to do anything of any, I any note he had two big r- runs which were off screen passes, but um, I was very impressed how dominant the uh, Steelers' defense could be. I think we're they are underrated what to expect from them. And um, overall, from a Giants uh, fans' point of view, we actually played reasonably well. Um on a was a close game. We drove 85 yards in the third quarter, at the back end of the tour quarter, and we were in the red zone and potentially going to take a lead and uh, Dupree, who again is a really, really good player, managed to um, tip a pass, which I felt Jones, if he was a bit more experienced, would have thrown away sooner, but obviously he was trying to make a play, and it was intercepted, changed the whole dynamic of the game, Cedars drove down, kicked the field goal, then it's a nine-point game, and think at that stage, you know how it's going to play But look, it finished a ten-point game, and I heard someone say today, the Giants lost by ten, and the Broncos lost by two, but if you looked at the two games overall, the Giants came out of the game with a lot more positive notes than the Broncos would have, albeit the only loss by a field goal. So uh, the Giants go yeah, on was... to Chicago this week and we'll see how we go from there.
1: No, I think from a, from a Steelers perspective, the defense kind of stood up massively within this game. But I think the biggest thing for me was just Big Ben was just consistent. Um, the throwing looked quite good. It was you know, Again, I'm no guru. None of us are here. So, but again, he was throwing, he was hitting the short, medium, long, everything, so... He took a few sacks as well, and he held up well. And I think it was a great week one just to have Big Ben back doing that. But on the Giants' side, they do look good, although the Barkley side, I just don't know what happened. Like Barkley, just up against a really good defense, just didn't have a chance. But I do think the Giants and Daniel Jones, he threw some really nice passes. So again, I'm still, as we said the week before last, I think the Giants could get a couple of nice wins over the next few weeks.
0: Well, let's move on to the last two games we're going to look at from week one. First off, the marquee game of the weekend – Um, the prime time for us in in Europe game with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. And whilst we're dealing with the most experienced quarterback matchup of all time, the most yards, the most touchdowns and everything uh, ever seen in life, I mean, the Saints won this in the end quite comfortably, 34-23. And uh, Tampa Bay Tom... Contributed two touchdowns, um, but also two picks, uh, as well as a rushing touchdown for himself. One return for, an in, uh, for a touchdown uh, back against him. So not the start he or Bruce Arians would have wanted. And a great start, of course, uh, given the inter nature of it for uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Gents, I know you were watching this live. How did you find the
2: game? Um, I thought it started off very well for the Bucks, and Brady was very uh, good on the first drive. drove them down, punched in the touchdown himself. Everybody said, oh, here we go. Tom Brady's here, the books are rolling. But um, I felt the same for the win because I felt the same as the team in terms of being the same team that was there last year would eventually prevail and play played out that way. But Brady, and I touched on last week, will the offensive line be able to hold up to, without Brady to play? The way he needs to play, and that did that didn't materialize. The offensive line couldn't handle the Saints' defense, and it it it, it, it was um, telling. He threw two interceptions; one was overthrown. Then he, he threw a pick six. So um, Saints look good. Saints looked the team they were last year, and I still think they have a great chance to go all the way.
1: Yeah, I still think um, like Tom Brady had some good moments within the game. He started really strongly. I think the offensive line, your man Smith at left tackle or left guard just got beaten so many times there's one that I sent on to you guys in in the WhatsApp group where literally he just as if he closed his eyes and didn't realize somebody was going to rush him and just Tom Brady was then trying to fight for his life in in the backfield on uh, the Saints again I don't think Drew Brees I think the scheme is saving Drew Brees a little bit I think uh, Sean Payton is most definitely making Drew Brees look a lot better than he actually is again this year but I thought that was really telling was I don't know if you saw the quote from Bruce Arians on Tom Brady's week one performance so I'll just read it out for you here. He goes, he looked like Tom Brady in practice all the time. So it's kind of unusual to see that in the ball game because they didn't do things that we didn't uh, get ready for. So it was just a strange call out from Bruce Arians calling Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks out after one game, which is a ballsy enough move as a head coach.
2: It's been picked up in quite a few places and a lot of people are surprised how quickly Bruce Arians has gone down the route. They all seem to think that because Brady's come in, they're best friends, but Anybody who watches the NFL for a long time knows what B.A., as they call him, is like. He he doesn't hold back. The left left guard and left tackle, as you touched on Smith, he got it in the neck as well. But um, I'm sure it's a motivational piece to get Brady back on track for next week's game.
0: Brady will take that, absorb that, and deal with that and like use it, which is great. But um, look, um, lots of work to be done in Tampa, to say the least. Um Another great game in terms of interest and excitement, I felt as well. Um, certainly was being flung around in this game, 25-38 in favour of the Seahawks against the Falcons. Um, a tight game at halftime. The this, uh, Seahawks are only 14-12 up at half-time, but then it's almost like they adopted the just-give-it-to-Russ technique. And Russell Wilson finished 31 for, of 35 attempts, 3-22 and four touchdowns. And, in fact balled out significantly uh, in relation to delivering this game, Gordo you know seahawks we were we weren 't right enough, we were a bit down on, but if wilson 's going to play like that every week, um, he you know <laughs> he might just save them and pull them into a, a stronger position than we anticipated
1: well, we were all on the Falcons for this game, which I think was again, when you look at the stats it 's still very surprising uh, Matt Ryan. Like it's not often you hear of a quarterback having 450 yards, his receiving core of Julio Jones having 157, Ridley 130, and Gage 114. As in, like it was a serious good game from the offense in terms of Matt Ryan and the Falcons, but they still managed to lose it. I think Russell Wilson just stood up. Um, again, he kind of showed his quality. Uh, it's just an interesting one. I think we were all fairly high in the Falcons, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting moving to week two. It was just such a good game that either team could have won it really.
0: And look, you mentioned week two, we'll get on to the week two games really quickly, but before we do, just to recap on our bets last week, Brian, some we're probably proud of and some we're less than proud of.
2: Yeah, um, well, the banker of the week, which I called was the Bills, minus six and a half, that was covered. Um, I gave a quarterback double out, which was Cam Newton and Josh Allen, they both scored very early on in the game, so that that money was in the key very early. And then the Joe Burrow bet, the travel itself didn't come in, but no, yeah, there was money made, and uh, the horse racing buddies guys have counted on how quickly we have made them a few quid. So that was good to see. So yeah, roll on to week two. And talking about week two, let's go through the games and let's go through
0: the lines in relation to each of them. So we start off on Thursday night. We won those rollicking, wonderful Thursday night games, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, and you'd have to be a masochist or an NFL fan to want to watch this in full, and we probably will. Um, but Brian, tell us how you see that going and what the lines currently standing at.
2: The lines currently standing at minus six. So we had started at seven and a half, came in six. So it's been a bit of support for the Bengals. Um, I actually think the Browns will win this one comfortably. Um, touched on, I wasn't overly impressed with the Bengals in general, albeit a few drives from, from Joe Burrow. And I think this game is actually ideal for the Browns to kickstart the season on the back of, which was a to- bit of a roasting in Baltimore last week. But um, it's a good one to start at home, and I think their Browns' offense will turn turn the table this week. And I think they'll be explosive, and I think they'll win this game quite comfortably. Go on, your bet. Uh, um, yeah, I'm. I'm
1: not as on the Browns as Prime uh, is, which I think is the first time ever on the podcast. Um, which is nice. Nice to see. Uh, I I just found the Browns so disappointing to watch last uh, at the weekend. I think minus six. I think it's going to be a close game. I think they will pull it out, but I I think they might struggle to cover it.
0: Uh, I disagree. I'm more with Brian on this one. I think the Browns will cover and win quite comfortably. Um, Bur- Burrell will continue to go through ups and downs. Maybe this is an up week, but for me, I think the Browns have to bounce back and will bounce back somewhat. Um, moving then on to the 6 o'clock Sunday games, we might as well start with the unsurprising losers at the uh, at the surprising winners. So Let's talk about the New York Giants at the Chicago Bears next week. Brian, the line and how you call this one. I think I can guess who you might be in favour. of.
2: I'm going to actually surprise you, Mark. I'm going to pick the Bears to win. The the line is five and a half. The Bears are five and a half points uh, favourites. Probably a little bit of a surprise because if the Bears hadn't pulled out that comeback and they'd have lost the game, I think it might be even, a, I wouldn't say a pick them game, I'd say it'd be a two and a half points handicap maybe leaning towards the Bears. Um, I just feel that the Giants are going to play very well in certain games and they'll, they'll be up and down the field and they'll be in close games slimmer enough to the way last night's game go but I just think the Bears will win it in the end I think the Bears will pull it out maybe with a late field goal or a late touchdown but again uh, progress for the Giants but um, I'm picking the Bears
1: I'm actually going with the Giants in this game Um, and my kind of reasoning behind it is just because of what my team, the Steelers, did in week one and the defense they faced. I think Barkley is going, have a great, is going to have a big, big game. Again, he's up against Khalil Mack, et cetera, in, in Chicago. But I still think after that poor performance week one, he's due a massive game. I think this could be the one. And I don't think Trubisky can do two games in a row. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with the Giants in this one. I trust
0: Daniel Jones more than I trust Mitch Trubisky. And that's as simple as it gets. Um, won't be a runaway in any way, shape, or means, but the Giants are my bet for that game this week.
2: So the Giants fan is the only one picking the Bears, lovely.
0: Really, pretty much, yeah. That's pretty, somewhat ironic, I think. Um, what about, you know, again, we'll go back to some disappointments uh, and two teams that started off 0-1 and now really need a win in a rapid time. Falcons at the Cowboys to keep their seasons and their season hopes alive. Yeah. Um, Cool, Gordo, maybe you want to start us off on this one.
1: Yeah, again, the Cowboys are coming into this game as favourites at minus five. Um, I, I'm going for the Falcons. I After the performance of Matt Ryan and the offence last weekend and just the poor performance from Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys, I, I again, I haven't been high in the Cowboys all off-season. Both of you have. I've been very, very honest. I don't think they're as good as people make them out to be. Um, so I'm going to go with the Falcons on this one, uh, and I think again, they win it, so they're obviously going to cover it.
2: I'm going to take the Falcons as well um, and the reason being that I felt as, and Gordon touched on it earlier um, I didn't really get stuck into the game in terms of too much of a review but I felt the Falcons still put up a good score um, offensively on Seahawks and I think they could, they could do that again this week and I still think it might take a couple of weeks before we see that Cowboys offense start to click into gear and um, they were very reliant on Ellie Ellie scored two touchdowns in that game so look can the Falcons stop Cowboys offense because they were very poor as well against, C- against uh, Seattle. No, I'm going to take the Falcons with the points. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'll take them with the points.
0: Yeah, I, for for the game, I am I must admit, I'm going to place my... You know, it's always difficult because you don't want to overreact to what you just see in week one because week one can be a bit of an outlier. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the game. Um, it's... it's Stretching a bit, but I do I do think there's a better performance in that they showed against the Rams, uh, and they are in my mind actually at this stage a better defense than the Hawks, which obviously is a sign of how times have changed. Um, but the Falcons are impressive. I wouldn't I wouldn't be putting my money on my life on the Cowboys to cover, um, but I would take them to pit the game, shall we say, by field goal. Mm. Um, what about, you know, Aaron Rodgers' favourite pets, the Detroit Lions, who go into his first home game at the Green Bay Packers? Brian, you want to give us how many thousands of points they're going to take off the Packers for this one?
2: I think it's a reasonable line. It's minus six, Packers at home, less than a touchdown. This to be my blowout game of the week. I think the Packers will win comfortably. Um people are probably surprised because I picked the Vikings to win the division and stuff and I was a bit down on, on Rodgers going into the season, but They're at home to the Lions and they always beat the Lions at home. And to coming off last week, I think they'll win the game comfortably.
1: Yeah, I think it's straightforward. I think it's Green Bay Packers. They covered the minus six straight away.
0: Yeah, we're in a pick'em league and I wish I'd seen the line on the Packers. I didn't realise it was that low, to be honest with you, because they would have definitely been my pick for this week if I'd realised that. Packers will do it and cover. Um, one of these great AFC Championship games, uh, AFC Championship games, AFC South Divisional games, um, which kind of feels like it should be on a Thursday night slugfest. The Minshew Mania goes in to the Viable Vulnerables. Uh, the Jaguars are going to play at the Titans. Um, Jaguars a bit surprising in Week One. Titans less so. Gordo, do you want to kick us off on this one?
1: Yeah, I don't actually have the the handicap on this one. Has it been? Confirmed yeah, yet, yeah,
2: it's been updated. Sorry, yeah, it's been updated since we uh, went through the games today. It's it's coming at minus nine and a half. So the Titans are nine and a half point favorites. Oh,
1: yeah, and I think and I think that kind of matches up because I think the Titans, if you look the the week one game, the lot the, the closeness of the game was down to the the poor performance from their kicker, and I think Henry had a really good game, and I think the the Jags defense has been decimated uh, throughout the off season, and I think. Derrick Henry is going to have a field day Um, he's in my fantasy team I'm expecting him to do me wonders next week Um, so yeah I'm going to say the Titans not going to say they're going to cover the minus 9.5 I think that's a fairly big handicap but I think they win it
2: I know I think they'll win win comfortably and cover Um, I don't expect it to be a high scoring game but I certainly think they've got more than enough in them to cover 9.5 and win by 10 points or more I think Henry will have a big day and uh, that Titans defense is still very dominant. And um, with clearly there, I think Minshew will have a difficult day. They'll, they'll cover it, yeah.
0: Um, I'm actually more on Goldo's side on this. The Titans will win, but they are playing one of the exponents of the backdoor cover. And I just see a Minshew, you know, garbage time touchdown, screwing up the over. Uh, sorry, screwing up the point spread. So I'll, I'll be on the Titans, but not with the uh, – I'll take the Jags if you give me the points, to be honest. Um, another one of those 0 and 2 games, the, you know, two teams trying to avoid it to not damage their long term hopes. The Vikings at the Colts. You know, both teams would have had aspirations at the start of the year. Both teams don't want to start off 0 2. The last Super Bowl winner, I think, the start off 0 and 2 was the uh, 2011 Giants. If not that, the 2007 Giants. So, uh, you know, it can be done, but it's not where you want to be starting from. Um, Brian, do you want to take us through this one and give us your thoughts? And can the Vikings in particular, you know, we we were tipping the division winners, bounce back in this game?
2: Yeah, Colts starting off as favourites, three-point favourites, minus three. Um, Vikings getting three. I'm leaning towards the Vikings. Um, I think, as you said, don't overreact to to, uh, week one's games. The Packers, we picked the Vikings last week when me and you did. The Packers um, obviously seem to have the Vikings number. When they go into Minnesota, so I'm not going to overreact. I still think the Vikings are a really good team, and I think that defense is still very good. And I think they will get, they could get, they will get the Rivers. I think the Vikings will win the game.
1: Go uh, like as in, I don't trust Rivers. I don't trust Rivers. Um, I, I don't trust the Vikings' defense. Like, again, I was high on the Vikings somewhat in the off season with you guys, but again, that Week One performance was so poor, and I think from the cold side of things. Just Rivers at quarterback just doesn't do it for me. Um, but I again I think they're gonna overdo the Vikings. I'm gonna go to the Colts in this game. Um and again, yeah, they'll they'll cover it.
0: The Vikings are gonna win, they're gonna cover. I don't trust Rivers and I don't trust the Colts.
2: Well, the Vikings are getting points, Max. So, you know, well that's that's, that's well, sorry. Oh sorry, the,
0: sorry, the Vikings are getting points. Yeah, the, the Vikings no, no, much. no, the Vikings are getting three points, start. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'll take them good to win it outright, let alone with the points. Oh, yeah. Christ almighty. I really am not making my selection in the Pickham League until we do the pod now every week because yeah. that's two I would have picked. Um, moving divisions to the AFC East, another divisional game here. The uh, Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins.
2: Yeah, the handicap was five and a half points, so uh, the Bills are five and a half uh, points favourites. So, um, Do I think they're going to cover? No, I don't. Do I think the Bills are going to win the game? No, I don't. I think the Dolphins will um, surprise us this week. I think the Dolphins will come back and I think the Dolphins are going to win the game. Um, I'm not going to read too much into last week's performance um, for either team because the Bills are wet. We're we're, we're hardly expected to cover that handicap against the the Jets and a lot of people expected a tight game in Foxborough. But um, no, I think the Dolphins will turn the tables and win the game.
1: I'm 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 shocked um to be honest <laughs> like I, I don't know how you can think after watching the Bills perform last weekend and the Dolphins the way they have done with Ryan Fitzpatrick which you know Fitzmagic is not going to come out against the Bills so I'm backing the Bills to win I'm backing them to cover it, and I think they're going to win by at least 10 points um, um, picks
0: Patrick is uh, back in fashion three picks against the Pats and uh yeah, I uh, He's so up and down, it's unreal. But you have to remember, Gordo, and I'm going to have some caution on this, the Bills are going down to South Florida in warm weather and they won't be acclimatized and the speed of their defense will get slowed down and the way in which they run their offense will get slowed down. Um, no, it's not as bad as the Vikings. I think last week the Vikings only had 18 minutes of the ball time with the Packers playing a dominant game. But the Dolphins, if they can dominate the clock, could dominate the Bills. Um, I'll still take the Bills to win the game, but they won't cover that higher spread. And it's going to be a real dogfight. I applaud Brian's um, gumption in going for the Dolphins outright. But I don't see it
2: still. back um, game for Patrick on the way.
0: Yeah, well, he's been known to do him. He's been known to do him. Um, A bounce-back game, in my mind, I'll lead on this one, the 49ers at the Jets. I mean, if you're coming off a disappointing start, there's probably about three or four teams you'd like to see on your schedule as the next game. Playing the Jets is probably high on that list. And um, the 49ers' offense, we've alluded to, maybe had its struggles. But if you've got a power run game and you've got a dominant defense, uh, I think that matches up pretty nicely with the Jets. So as far as I'm concerned, I think the line on this is about the 49ers minus seven. I'd take the 49ers a higher line. I mean, to me, even with their challenges, they're going to win this game running away.
1: I think this is, this is the lock of the week. I think with Bell as well out injured, I think he's like he's in... This is this the easy one. This is the 49ers. They cover the spread. Like, yeah, no question. No debate on this
2: one. God, I was lock of the week. Get it in the books now. Okay. Um, no, I agree with you. I do think... Uh, I do think the, the 49ers will struggle to a certain extent with Kittle gone, because the Jets' defense, when they play well, can be okay can slow teams down and keep them in the, in the game. But I think inevitably what will happen is, come the third and fourth quarter, the 49ers will pull away. I don't think there will be a high-scoring game. I think the 49ers will win by maybe 10-13 points.
0: Yeah I'm with you So next game The Rams at the Eagles And for me This is a tough one To, to pick it. Both teams Kind of Underwhelmed A little bit Although obviously McVeigh and the Rams Had a better start um, To the to the season For them Brian where's the line Reading out on this one
2: Very tight game Mark uh, Eagles getting a point At home Against um, Sean McVeigh And the boys um, Wasn't convinced By the Rams At the start of the season Didn't pick them last week and I'm not going to pick them This week um, I think it was more Down to it how poorly the Cowboys played last week and I'm going to stick and give Wentz and the guys another opportunity to show me that they're a team that could be dominant in the division this year so no, I'm going to pick the Eagles at home and they're getting the point so fancy the Eagles to win
1: Yeah, to be honest, I find this one really strange of how tight they have it because in my eyes it's it's a straight up win for LA Rams uh, I think McVeigh pulls it out of the bag I think Goff, etc, like is in I I don't see the Eagles coming close. I think they cover the spread easily.
2: Carter, you're 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 on that LA Rams love train. They're definitely something that's coming down the line here. Is is there gonna be a Rams hat on soon?
1: No, God, no, no. I I just don't. I I don't know how we can be high on the Eagles to to perform after last weekend, especially with Wentz and the way Earths played everything. I just I don't see it. No, I just well, think well, you're well, having well, a bit of a man
2: crush for Sean McVay now.
1: But well, I'll be honest with you, I flip. I it. do. I. D- I flipped a coin for
0: this game because I trusted the coin far more than I trusted either of the teams. The coin said Rams, I'm gonna go with the Rams.
1: Yeah. And just to clarify on Brian's point, I do have a man crushing Sean McVay, and anyone who says that he don't is just lying to you. He is there's something about McVay that's just again, he he will he'll, he'll turn most fans into a Rams fan, I think, by the end of the season.
2: You must be watching hard locks, man. Of course. Yeah, hard hard rocks in, in your fans. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly
0: on, um, Broncos at the Steedle. Gordo, you're going to make bet on bet Big Ben to make it two in a row.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen the sorry the spread for this one, Brian. I, uh, no, I don't have them for where are we um,
2: with... Don't have them for it. There's too many uh, too many injuries at the moment with the Broncos and stuff it hasn't been declared. I'd imagine that. I'd imagine, I imagine No, I'd say it will start around six and a half. I'd be surprised if that's give or take what the number is give it a but yeah. let's, let's, uh, run, let's run with that
1: six and a half points <laughs> yeah to, 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 to be honest I think just the way the Steelers defense played last weekend I feel sorry for Drew Locke um, I think it's going to be a rough rough week uh, for, for lock at quarterback so yeah whatever the handicap is I'm pretty confident that the Steelers were covered in this one I think Big Ben is warming up it's really interesting to see how long the arm stays intact he took one or two hits But again Von Miller's not there For the Broncos Is he going to take Many other big hits Against them this weekend Be interesting to see But yeah no, I'm on the Steelers For this one
2: It's actually up there now It wasn't too far off It's minus seven I see the game Going very similar To how last night's game went I think the Broncos Will hang around For three quarters I think Locke Will play reasonably well But I think inevitably Big Ben will get it done And they'll win by a touchdown So I'm not sure they'll cover I think they might just win By one touchdown
0: I'm a far more comfortable and confident Than you are, I'd be saying let's put the Steelers In the treble, I think they'll cover quite Comfortably in that scenario Titans would have won by over 10 if they just taken Their kicks and Steelers are a better team So um, We'll move on to the late games then very quickly guys And then we'll get on to the Bennings. so maybe I'll just ask you For your just immediate thoughts on these uh, Just one word, who you've got Back to win the game Just generally, and Brian maybe you mentioned The spread when you were explaining, first of all So Washington Arizona
2: Arizona, I'm six and a half points. And uh, I'm not sold in Arizona, as you know, but I still feel that they will win the game. And they will win comfortably.
1: Okay. The Arizona, Arizona Cardinals cover the spread.
0: I was on Arizona to begin with. The Washington came out with surprise, but Arizona. Kansas City Chiefs at the LA Chargers.
1: Chiefs at minus eight every
2: day. Blowout. Blowout game. Chiefs will win comfortably.
0: That's three in a row. We'll go with that as well. Ravens at the Houston Texans, intriguing game. to the AFC powerhouses, you'd say.
2: Oh, this, yeah, the handicap is minus seven and the Ravens are away from home. I'm going to go with the Texans to Texans to cause the upset. I think Sean Watson will have a bounce-back game. I still think that offense can do well. And um, I think they'll win a high-scoring game.
1: I think it's think a high scoring, close game, but I'm going to go with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson for this one.
0: Something's not right in the state of Texas. I've got the Ravens and them with the cover. The late game on Sunday is the Patriots at the Seahawks. Uh, Cross country trip for the Pats. Brian, over to you first.
2: Uh, Seattle are minus four point favorites. Um, I'm going to pick the Seahawks. I um, wasn't sold them at the start of the season, but I still don't think we saw enough from the Pages offensively to win the game and Russell has, Wilson is starting on fire I still don't think they'll have more than enough to beat the Patriots
1: yeah I'm going to go with the Seahawks for this one as well but I don't think it's going to be a massive win I I think the Patriots could cover the plus four but I'm just going to go with the Seahawks to win
0: yeah for me it's the Seahawks who are going to win and they're going to cover
2: um, fantastic
0: fantastic fantastic news Mark. I knew you'd be delighted with that one Brian and then the last game, the Monday night game next week, is the Saints at the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: Yeah, um, for, first game down at the Strip. Um, to be uh, minus five and a half points, Saints. Um, I'm going to pick Saints to win and cover. Um, don't see that it'll be a high-scoring game. I Think they'll have more than enough to, cut, to beat a very weak Raiders defense.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints as well to cover, but I think this is going to be one of those games that the total points is 51.5, I think. I think that's definitely going to be another bet because I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game.
0: Totally with you, Gordo. Take the over on this game. Um, I'm, you know, I think we alluded to Breeze's um, throwing and throwing downfield is certainly in question these days, and the Raiders could scheme something against them, but... um, yeah, take the over every day of the week, and the Saints to win by a touchdown, so to cover the point spread. Speaking of point spreads and bets and locks of the week and overs and the like, Gordon, maybe you want to take over and in conjunction with Brian, take us through the the bets for you'll find also a horse racing buddy a horse racing buddy.ie, but the Irish NFL pod bets of the week um, for our betting fans.
1: Yeah, so we had a great week last week. Um, when we had a little mishap with. RoboCop here in the corner disappearing for a few minutes but I think Brian had some uh, really good picks as we say we're teaming up this week with uh, this year with the RacingBuddy.ie find him on Facebook Twitter and Instagram um, where you'll find all of the picks that Brian is about to give us so I suppose Brian firstly banker Bet what are we looking at this week?
2: Banker Bet for me is the Packers at home winning six points Mark touched on it earlier if you hadn't known that was the, the handicap he would have been jumping on that for the uh, the picking competition think the Packers will have way too much for the Lions and they'll win comfortably so if for a single bet minus six points Green Bay Packers
1: yeah I think that's a really really good one I, on the treble bet this is a really close one that nearly came through for us last week, and I think we're one game off on it but what's your treble for this weekend
2: treble this week for me again is um, I'm going to leave the Packers in there minus six points I'm going to take the Titans minus nine and uh, the last one will be the 49ers minus seven so the treble pays is five to one Um I think the 49ers will cover. I think the Titans will cover, and I also think
1: the Packers will cover. Yeah, I think we said that my my lock bet of the week was the the forty niners for this one. Uh, probably it's the Titans is the is the only one that could throw up any sort of uh, uh, a mishap, But I do think I think it's it's a good Titans forty um, ers and then our banker with Green Bay Packers. So I think that's a really good treble bet at five to one. And in touchdown bets, this one where we had some decent success last weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna stick on the. Uh, gravy train of uh, Josh Allen and Cam Newton again why go away from it I think Josh Allen will score a touchdown down in Miami and I think uh, if they're in the, gold, in the red zone again I think you'll see the option where it's a, a, run, a run pass option and I see Cam Weave sneak in for a touchdown no odds up yet but again I would expect it's around 8 or 9 to 1 and then um, my big one again in terms of who's going to score a touchdown I'm going to go with Brady to score a touchdown again um, he was fourteen to one score in the dome at, on Sunday. I don't think we'll get that at home against the Panthers. But uh, the Panthers' offense, our defense is very weak. And um, I did go for Derek Carr to score against him last weekend. But I think Brady at home, um, first home game. I think he'll sneak in for probably maybe get around ten, ten, eleven to one.
1: Oh, I love, I love the the Josh Allen and the Cam Newton bet again. I got on that one really late, so that one <laughs> I won a few quid on that one off you, Brian. So I think that's it. I think both of them, Cam Newton in particular, and Josh Allen's just he runs often enough that he's always in with a chance to get a touchdown. Uh, I think the Tom Brady one is a really interesting one. I think if it is anywhere, like you say, at 14 to 1, it's definitely worth a few quid on that one. So, yeah, as we say, uh, we're betting we're on side this uh, year with racingbuddy.ie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, all of Brian's tips will be up on their social channels uh, tomorrow when the pod comes out. So, make sure you get on there. And uh, as we say, if you win some, tell us about it. If you don't, we don't want to hear from you. Um, over to you, Mark.
0: Thanks, Gordo. I mean, I just want to add in the Vikings plus three into the mix as well, just as a standard, but I'm fully on board with Brian's bets there and and love it. And thanks very much for that. Look, gents, the only thing better about week one in the NFL tends to be week two in the NFL. Another week older, another week stronger, another week cleverer. So let's look forward to a set of great games this weekend. Um, our teams to hopefully do their business and win the games and keep us all happy. But more importantly, just a great set of entertainment and good to have our football back with us. Um, that's all from us this week. Gordo Brian, pleasure as always. And uh, we will see you soon on the Irish NFL podcast next week when we see how it all goes down. Until then, goodbye.